You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. What's up, Grace Church, man? I'm so glad. I just want to welcome you. Thank you for coming here, whether you're worshiping the venue with us, whether you're in the cafe. It's just an exciting time. We're, we're together, coming together, worshiping the Lord. Just, uh, I'm excited that you guys are here. So, so I'm so thankful. So I just want to thank you and welcome you here to Grace Church. We're continuing our series, uh, When Pigs Fly, and we're exploring the eight miracles in the Gospel of John. And uh, so I, I started... Uh, I, I said at my desk, I've known for quite a few weeks that I was going to preach through this, and actually I've known for like six months. And so I'm, I, I sit at my desk and I'm reading, and, and the miracle that we're going to talk about today is one of the only miracles that's mentioned in all four Gospels. The only other miracle that's mentioned in all four Gospels is the resurrection of Jesus. So th- this is important, and it's Jesus feeds the 5,000. And so I'm reading all the Gospels. I'm reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I'm just all mixed up because there's elements in each that, that I want to share, right? And so I went old school, and I went old school cut and paste, right? You know cut and paste in, in a Word document, you highlight a document. And so this is my cut and paste document with all the Gospels put together. If you don't believe me, I actually have it right here. And so, so I could get the Gospel straight. I cut out every single verse, and I mashed them together because there's these things called the, the words in red. Right? The words in red are the, the words of Jesus. And there's some words of this story of Jesus in John that aren't in all the other Gospels. So if you want to follow along, you can open in John. So open your Bibles to, to John. But we're going to hop all over the place. So if you want to follow along on the screen, we're going to have all the verses so you can hang with us. There's a, a ton of verses here. So uh, if you want to come take a look at this glorious piece of literature right here, you, you can. <clears throat> so I didn't take any words away, and I did not add any words, so it's just one gospel. So I'm like, you know, not going against uh, the, the verse in Revelation that uh, anybody that adds to you or takes away shall be cursed. So I didn't add or take away, so we, we're, we're safe. So we're going to pray, and we're going to jump right into John chapter 6. <clears throat> Also, if you need uh, Bibles, pens, or message notes, we've got ushers coming down. If you need, you can grab those guys for for that. So let's pray. God, I just want to thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for life. Thank you so much uh, for your gospel and the bread of life. We love you and pray all these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. So if you need Bibles, we've got some ushers coming down here. So you check out John chapter 6, verse 1. It says, After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Hold up. After what things? After, after what things? Well, right before if you start reading, you've got uh, John, the guy that baptized Jesus. So think about the emotions of Jesus for a second. He's got a friend that just gets beheaded. And not only does he get beheaded, but his head gets put on a platter to give to a gift. It's a, a gift for somebody. It's a gift for somebody. And then Jesus has 5,000 people coming after him. And not only that, a chapter before, 
Jesus makes himself equal with God. And all the religious leaders of the day and all the people, they want to kill him because he makes himself equal with God. So you start thinking about the emotions of Jesus. That's why he's leaving. He's getting away to be alone. So you keep going. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. And it says, And he said unto them, the disciples, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest for a while. For there were many coming and going, and they, they did not even have time to eat. It says, When Jesus heard about John, he departed from there by a boat to a deserted place by himself with the twelve. But when the multitudes heard it and saw them departing, they followed him on foot from cities, arriving before Jesus and coming together to him. So he's getting away, but the people are actually chasing him down and getting to the place before he even gets there. And Jesus went upon, so they're still coming after him, and he he goes up to a mountain. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there sat with his disciples. And Jesus, when he came out, so he comes out again, and then he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion. Compassion, it's love and sympathy and actually even pity. The Jews at the time thought that uh, in your heart there was a place that set those things. And so he looks on this multitude and he feels love and sympathy and compassion towards the multitude because they were like sheep having no shepherd. So he received them and began to teach them many things about the kingdom of God and healed their sickness and others that needed healing. Then a great multitude followed him, so they continued to follow him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Now it was Passover. This is literally exactly one year before Jesus goes to the cross. Exactly one year. It says, when it was evening, His disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food and find lodging. Do you you notice the difference between the disciples and Jesus here? You've got the disciples that are saying, send them away. But Jesus looks on them and he, he has compassion. He loves them. He cares for them. He still needed a, a, some time alone, but he looks on them and he, he says, man, they're without a shepherd and I want, some, I want to care for their souls. But the disciples say, hey, go, go away. Man, I want some alone time with Jesus. Get out of here. And then Jesus does it again. He says, then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming towards him. Again, he looks on them. And then he says to Philip, where shall we buy bread? He says, yo, yo, Philip. Yo, yo, Phil, where are we going to buy bread? Right? He doesn't say, yo, yo, Philip. Right? He doesn't say, yo. But he says, where, where are we going to buy bread? And then the next verse in John 6, 6, it's, it says that he already knew within himself. He already knew what he was going to do. Doesn't, doesn't that drive you crazy? You ever get somebody that asks you a question and they already know the answer? That just drives me nuts. I, I'm like, why, why did you ask a question then? Like, why did you ask it? Stop asking me. You already know the answer. Just leave me alone. But Jesus does it for a purpose. Right? So you start looking and you're like, okay, what, why, why does he do it? And th- think, about, think about Philip for a second. Just imagine what he's, he has seen at this time. You know what Philip's seen? He has seen Jesus turn water into wine. He has seen every single person that, 
needs healing that comes to Jesus actually get healed. It's just not some. When the Bible says that Jesus heals, it says that he heals all of them. All of them that need healing. He's seen the water into the wine. He's seen Jesus still waters and the winds. He has actually even seen Jesus raise a man from the dead. So look where Philip goes with this. It says, And Philip answered, 200 denarii, or eight months worth of salary, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may have a little. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. But Jesus said unto them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad. Right? doesn't even name him. There is a lad. There's this nameless boy. And you know what he has? He's got two large fish. No. Two small fish. Some people think they were even sardines. Two small fish and five barley loaves. And then they say, what are they among so many? What are they? They're nothing. So you start thinking, Philip, he, he had just seen Jesus resurrect a man from the dead. He's seen him do all these incredible miracles. And then Jesus comes to him and asks him a question. You know what? When Jesus comes and asks you a question, you know what you should do? You should say, I don't know. You're Jesus. You're Jesus. For goodness sakes, you, res- you resurrected a man from the dead. You actually resurrected a man from the dead. You are God. And here's the deal. That's what we forget. And that's what Philip forgot here. That's what his disciples forgot. Because they started depending on their own human reasoning. Their own human logic. Their own human self-reliance. Hey, we don't have enough bread. We don't have enough supplies. We don't, we don't have Jesus. But we forget that He is God. I, I wish I could say that I'm not like these guys, but I am. I just continually forget that Jesus is God, that He's a, a Savior, and that He has saved my soul. And the longer I walk with people, I remember that we forget the Gospel. We forget what He's done. We forget that He took His own life up again. I forget that He actually is the God that created the world. I forget. And the disciples forgot here. We always say, man, I want to try it on my own first. Even, even think about this. That you know what the Kansas motto is? It's Latin. It's ad astra per aspera. And that means to the stars with difficulty. That's what the Kansas motto is. To the stars with difficulty. The thing that came in second place was, we will. We will just speaks. It screams of self-sufficiency. That I'm going to rely on myself. I'm going to rely on my logic. I'm going to go through this with difficulty on my own. I'm just going to do it by myself. And then we quickly forget that, you know what? Jesus resurrected this man from the dead. He can easily feed people with two fish and five loaves, but I forget that He's God because I constantly think about my own way, my own way, my first try. I, my, the first try is always my try. It's never, hey, He's God, what do you want to do? 
through the stars with difficulty. By the way, who knew Kansas was so distinguished with a Latin motto? Seriously, like a Latin, a Latin motto? Man, we are a distinguished state. Amazing. You continue on, Matthew 14, 18, and he says, hey, bring them, bring those fish, bring that bread to me. And it says, then Jesus commanded, make the people sit down. Now there was much green grass in the place, so the men sat down in groups on it in a number of about 5,000. That was just the number of men, so there could have been fifteen to 20,000 people actually there. But, but notice too, this is just a sweet little nugget. He says, the green grass. But we just heard him say we're going to go depart into a deserted place, a deserted place, a deserted place. So where God goes, there's life. There's green, plush grass. Let's keep going. It says, so they did. They obeyed, and so they made them sit down. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and fifties. And Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. Then he looked up to heaven and gave thanks and blessed and broke the loaves and the fish. And then he gave, listen, he gave the disciples He distributed the bread and the fish to the disciples that in turn distributed all that food to the multitudes. And they sat down in groups and they ate as much as they wanted. Take take yourself there for a second. Like seriously, take take yourself for a second. Just imagine in sitting in a group of 50 what they experienced then. Hey, did you, did Jesus... There's no, no food but this little boy, this little nameless boy. There's, there's two fish and there's five loaves. How, how, is, how are all of these people getting fed? It, it reminded me of a time I was uh, with one of my great, great friends in Spain, uh, one of our missionaries, Steve Baker. Uh, we lived there, actually. We were on a team together. And there's this word in Spanish called sombre mesa. And sombre mesa is, uh, it literally means upon the table. Upon the table. But the literal translation doesn't actually mean what, what that word means. That word means the after dinner conversation where you just want to linger. Where you just want to linger. You ever, you ever had those dinner parties or maybe you're with somebody and you, you're just eating and you're enjoying food and life. You're enjoying the people. That's what we were doing in Spain with, with my friend Steve and his friend Carlos and Carlos's wife, Gracia. We were just enjoying this food. We were enjoying each other. They were, we were enjoying their kids. We were just speaking about just incredible life things. We were just loving each other. Have you ever experienced that, that sombre mesa? It's, it's the one that you want to linger the one that you don't want to ask for the check quickly. Right? In Spain, you, you actually have to ask for the check. Here in the States, man, we get our food even at a sit-down restaurant. Man, we're in and out in less than an hour. But there, that's why they have three hours for lunch because they want sombre mesa where they can just hang out with people. So think about those people, those 50 that are, that are together, that are eating together. You think they just said, wow, Jesus did this miracle. Yum, I'm out of here. No. They, they lingered. They wanted to linger and enjoy, and, the, and they wanted to see maybe if Jesus would do another miracle. You keep going if you're following along, John 6.14, it says, Then those men, when they had seen the sign that, that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet 
who has come into the world. So some people believe that they're saying, man, this guy is the Messiah. He's bringing back this kingdom. He's going to establish this physical kingdom on earth. But, but remember, just a chapter before, they said, man, this guy's making himself equal with God. Let's kill him. So there, there's a, a contradiction there for a second. So I don't think they were saying, man, look at this incredible, great prophet. I think they were just saying he's just a prophet. He's just a prophet. And then we'll go on to see in the story what actually happens where they don't acknowledge that he's God. They just say he's a prophet that does miracles. We don't really believe he's just a prophet. And so you think through the world religions. Uh, uh, Islam says that he's a prophet. You're a good teacher. Even the Dalai Lama in Buddhism say, says he is a good teacher. So one says he's a good prophet. One says that he's a good teacher. And then you go to Hinduism and they say he's a holy man. And here's the deal. What we're going to read here in just a second, he's not just a holy man. It's actually impossible for him to be just a holy man. C.S. Lewis said he is either a raving lunatic, he is a bold-faced liar, or he actually is God. Because what he goes on to say, you can't say he's just a good teacher. He has to be God. He's got to be. If he's not God, then the dude is a raving lunatic liar. You keep going on in, in the story. It says, therefore Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king. He wasn't interested in being king. He sat on a throne in heaven. Why would he want to come be a worldly king of a tiny little town? It says, immediately he made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side. And then while he sent the multitudes away. So he says, hey disciples, Go to the other side. Hey, multitudes, get out of here. And then the next day happens. So tomorrow, tomorrow happens, and this is what happened. They come to him again. They come to him again. This is a day later. The multitude continue to follow him. They find him again. And Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say unto you, you seek me not because, I saw, because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. You came to me just because you're hungry again, because you wanted food. You didn't come to me because I'm actually God. You didn't come to me because I'm a prophet. You came to me because I am hungry. Because you are hungry. Then he says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because the God the Father has set His seal on Him. Do you ever come to Jesus just for what He can provide? You ever do that? I remember the same time when we were living in Spain, we had to raise support, so we had to ask people like yourselves to support us monthly so we could live over there so we could share the Gospel with people. And we got to about 70% of our finances that we needed. And I said, you know what, I'm going I'm to pray this in. I'm going to come to Jesus and I'm going to pray all of these funds in. And so you know what I did? I, I set my alarm clock for every 15 minutes and I prayed from 8 p.m. until 8 a.m. And do not think I'm spiritual because it was an awful, awful experience. Right? I prayed all night and I was tired and I, then I felt all this shame because I f kept falling asleep and then my alarm clock would wake me up and I would keep praying, God, give me those funds. Give me that money. Give me those funds. Give me those funds. And one of the only times in my life where I feel like I've heard God besides through His Word is then. And you know what He said? He said, Justin, just come be with me 
Just come be with me. Don't come to me because you need money. Come to me just because I'm God. Because I love you. Because I have compassion for you. Just come dwell with me. Just come love me. You know, I was, what I was really doing is I was seeking a void. There was a void and I wanted him to fill it. Not him, I wanted him to fill it with what he would provide. And it's okay, we should continue to ask and ask. Ask him for everything. But if that's the only thing you're doing, if you're not dwelling with him just because he's God, then there's a problem. You don't really believe that he's God, you're just coming to him and rubbing your little genie lamp saying, provide for me what I want. I had this void in this guy named Judah Smith. He's, he's a pastor up, uh, I don't know, in, in the north somewhere. He says, the only thing that can fill the void is the unconditional, scandalous love of Jesus. That's the only thing that can fill the void. That's the only thing that can fill the void. I was looking for the bread and the fish instead of just looking for a Savior. Just to be with Him. You keep reading, and then they say unto him, the multitude say, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will we do? Are you serious? They want another sign? He just fed 5,000 people with two fish. Like seriously, you want another sign? And then... They say, our fathers ate manna in the desert. So manna is the, 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 this bread that God provided when the children of Israel were, they were wandering around in the wilderness and they needed food so they could have life. And Moses was there leading them. And they say, Jesus says, most assuredly I say unto you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they say unto him, Lord, give us this bread. And this is the key. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger again. He who believes in me shall never thirst. You know, we're going to celebrate communion here uh, just in, in, a, in a little bit. And there's a strong connection. There's a strong connection between communion and this passage where he's breaking bread, listen to this. It says, when Jesus had given thanks, he's with the disciples, he gives thanks, and he breaks the bread and says, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Why do we do it in remembrance of him? Because we forget him. What are we supposed to remember? We're supposed to remember the gospel. We're supposed to remember that he died. He was buried. He was resurrected from the dead. And that we can have life through that bread. We get so focused on the miracle that we forget that Jesus is, is God. This story isn't about Him multiplying bread. This story is about His redeeming power. His redemption. And redemption is literally saving people from sin, evil, and error. You need redemption. I need redemption. Jesus, Justin Raby, needs redemption. You know why I need redemption? Because I continue to sin. Maybe you can relate with that. I continue to sin. I continue to yell at my children. I dishonor my wife. And then there's this dark place in my life where I need redemption because I desire self-promotion and self-reliance in me, in mine, in me. I need redemption. And that's what this story is about. We have to remember. 
We have to remember, and you know what? I forget. You know, why, you know why I continue to sin? You know why I continue to dishonor my wife? You know why I continue to yell at my children? Because I forget the Gospel. And he, here's the crazy thing. is You remember that scandalous, unconditional love? That scandalous, unconditional love? He still has that scandalous, unconditional love for me, even though I still need redeemed, even though I continue to sin. He still says, you're worth it. I love you. I care for you. Can you believe that? What kind of God is that? I call it scandalous because he still loves us, even though we're ridiculous. But somehow in him, he says, you're still worth it. You're still worthy. So some of you guys are here, you're going, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have zero idea what you're even talking about. So maybe you're here and you have no idea who this Jesus is and that he's provided life. So in the words of our senior pastor, Tim, do you know that you know that you know you are a follower of Jesus? Do you know that you know that you know? Because he, he answers. Maybe you have no idea how to do that, but he answers it. He's provided himself and he says, this is the work of God that you believe in my name. Believe in me. Believe in him who sent me. And then he says, for the bread is he who comes down from heaven and gives life. Do you want life? Trust in him. Give your life to him. For he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger again. He who believes in me shall never thirst. He has already provided Himself. The Bible says that He was wounded and bruised for our transgressions. For our sins. So He's provided. All you have to do is you've got to acknowledge. Repent and change your mind about who Jesus is and acknowledge that He's God. And then believe in faith. Say, I really believe what you say about yourself is true. So I believe you're God. I believe that you said you were God. And you know what, God? I'm confessing you. I'm confessing you to you. I'm acknowledging that you're God. And I'm also confessing you to others. So for those of you that are already followers of Jesus, what does this mean? So if you're already a follower of Jesus, think back to the story. He says, you know what? I'm going to provide this bread of life. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you myself, right? So Jesus takes himself, his bread, the bread of life, and he gives it to the disciples that give it to the multitudes. This guy named David Platt says, the person that is the best at reaching the multitude is the most passionate about reaching the one. The person that is most passionate about reaching the multitude is the, is the best at reaching just the one. Just try to reach the one. The one. It reminded me of a story. You know, I was uh, in the sixth grade. I was with my best friend. Uh, we lived about a mile apart, but as the crow flies, it was about half a mile. And we lived out in the country. And there was just a, a ton of trees, right? There was this huge forest between him and I where his house was and and my house was, and I'll, I'll never forget, it was a fall day, man. The leaves were probably up to our waist. They really weren't up to our waist. They were just covering the ground, right? It was fall in the forest. You can imagine how many leaves there were. 
I had this Chris Webber jersey on. I'm sure some of you guys have no idea who I'm talking about, but Chris Webber, right? Number four when he was with the Warriors. I think he's retired now, so uh, that's, oh my gosh, that's, I'm showing my age already. Check that out. But, but so we're there, we're in the fall together, and I said, hey, 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 Clayton, hey, wa- watch this. We're in, right, we're in the forest. I say, hey, watch this. And I drop a match in the middle of the forest. True story. And it starts growing, the flame, and growing, and growing. And I look at him and I'm like, hey, you think we should put this out? And in our sixth grade wisdom, I take off my shirt, and he takes his shirt off, and we start fanning the flame like, hey, maybe we can blow this thing out. And then it gets bigger and bigger. And then in our sixth grade wisdom, we pick up these gigantic logs and we say, maybe we can suffocate it. And we throw these gigantic logs and they fall and that flame jumps all over the place. Right? Remember, sixth grade. Sixth grade boys, not a lot going on up here. Right? Not a lot going on. And so we throw those things on there. It jumps everywhere. And the next thing I know, I look up and I see this. That's not an exaggeration, by the way. Eight fire trucks show up. Eight, and they've got to dig a ditch around this whole thing. It's amazing that they let me have matches up here, isn't it? So I look up. I run down and I tell my parents, I say, hey, 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 uh, mom, uh, I was playing, Clayton and I were playing up in the woods, and there was an already a fire there when we got up there to play. I told her later, when I was 18, I told her the truth. Yeah, it's totally crazy story, but, but think, here's the illustration. The person that's most passionate about setting the forest on fire, the person that's most passionate about reaching the multitude is that one match. The one match that falls on one leaf that then touches another leaf and starts the flame. So here's the question. If you're already a follower of Jesus, are you going to be that sixth grade kid that drops that one match on somebody? Are you going to be that sixth grade kid that says, I want to experience sombre mesa with my neighbors. Come into my home. We should be throwing the best parties as Christians. Do you know that? You think back to the story, you remember when Jesus turned water into wine? Man, that was a great party. Listen, that was a huge, great, incredible party. We should be the best at throwing parties, and we should invite people into those parties, and we should provide bread and food But then we should provide the bread of life to them. Are you that match? Are you that match that gets dropped in the forest? All you got to do is share it with one person. Often we get overwhelmed and we think, well, at church there's a couple thousand people. We've got to proclaim the message to a couple thousand. Here's the deal. You need to proclaim the message to one just to one. So you start evaluating your life. Is my job about providing the bread of life to people? The people that I sat next to at school or at my job or the person that I'm standing next to at the grocery store, am I providing the bread of life? Because that's what God, He's given us a mission. You know why He doesn't beam me up, Scotty, when I get saved? Beam me up, Scotty, I'm saved. It's because He he, he wants to use you He wants to give you this mission. He has given you this mission where all you have to do is say, I'm going to share the bread of life with just 
the one. Just the one. So you start evaluating your life and you say, have I provided the bread of life to somebody? Because that's really the only reason we're left here on this earth. To proclaim his message. To proclaim it. Right? This, this thing called Christianity, or just cut that out because it has so much baggage, but this thing called following Jesus, you know what it's about? It's about sharing him with others. We've got to remember. We've got to remember the gospel over and over and over again. So he's given you a mission. Go and live like it. Listen, if you're not, listen, if you're not enjoying him, just being with him, why in the world would you ever share him with others? Why would you share him with others if you're not enjoying him? Let's pray and then we're going to take communion. Father, thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you that you are the bread of life. Thank you that you've provided life for us. You've provided life. God, I pray that people here that don't believe in you, God, I pray that they would just throw their lives on you, that they would say, God, I'm here and I acknowledge you and I believe in you and I confess you before you and before men because I want to follow you the rest of my days because I'm sick and tired of living for me and my own self-sufficiency and my own reasoning. I just want to give my whole complete life to you, God. I ask your Holy Spirit, God, that you would move on people here and that they would just give their whole, complete lives to you. God, and I pray that they would tell somebody about it, that they're sitting around right now. God, we love you. Just use us to provide that bread of life to people. Pray all these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.